Hello, quarantine ease, fellow quarantine-ers. This is Nick Mahalik, and this, everyone, is Season 4, Episode 7 of Book Record Beer, done remotely with my good friends who I miss so much. Oh, guys, guys, guys. Of course, it's one Daniel DeFranco. That's me coming to you from, well, I guess from satellite at this point. <laughs> from space! <laughs> oh, it works! It's so perfect for the episode. And of course, Nick Gregorio. Yeah, I'm just in Flower Town. I wish I could be in space at the moment because <laughs> it sucks down here. So, <laughs> Do you still have power? I guess so. Oh, yeah. I better. Yeah, you're not running off a generator? Yeah, no. Nice. I think we're okay. It's a it's a wild day right now. It's always a wild day, but it's a especially wild day today. And frankly, we have a especially wild cast for you today. Uh, the architect and mastermind behind it is is one Nick Gregorio. Hey, um, I'm going to ask you, my friend, to um, to to let us know what we're about to get into before I forget and uh, and start introducing you guys as I usually do in my in my excitement. Um, Total Nick us, cast. Tell us, yeah, this is a hundred percent Nick cast. Yes, sir. Uh, from space <laughs> in the year two thousand. <laughs> in the year two thousand. Thank you so much. The falsetto is gone. Gregorio, <laughs> what are we getting into today, my friend? We, ladies and gentlemen, all our fan, are getting into a little Star Wars novel called Alphabet Squadron which takes place in the new continuity of the extended or expanded universe that reset itself when Disney bought Lucasfilm in 2014. Uh, so what do we sandwich between? This is five... For those who might only know the films. So this is directly after Return of the Jedi. Yep. Um, months, in fact. Um, right after we find the Empire to be scattered... Some of them are still holding out hope and fighting on, and others are defecting and going and joining the New Republic, as it, as it were. And it's a rebuilding month. Correct. Um, and then you have um, the New Republic is sort of holding a lot of the, or many of the Empire holdouts in um, sort of like camps. Um, and that's where yep. we find our main character, Eureka Quell, who uh, I found to be compelling as hell. Um, what's cool about this book is that it is a completely new and original cast um, designed for the Star Wars universe, which is really fun. Excellent. And you've you've coupled that with a graphic novel. Yep. TIE Fighter. Yes. Which um, which um, this was designed by Marvel Comics and Del Rey, um, the publisher, the book, the publisher of traditional books um, to be a crossover event, um, which right on. is interesting. In that it's sort of not, but we'll get into that. Right, right, yeah. The um, that's why I want us to point out the timeline to start because when we get into Tie Fighter, that's where, um, they mesh and they don't. Right, right. right. Um, and so we have that. Uh, the album you chose, sir, is Rush's Twenty One Twelve. We are the priests <laughs> of the temple of Syrinx. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> nicely done side uh side a is this 20 minute you know just like uh back to back to back to back to back to back to back um 
sort of like uh, movements, behemoth of a song uh, with many movements, uh, bookended by these two, you know, uh, instrumental pieces. Um, this is a very, and we'll get into that, of course, when we get into it. But this fits really well. This album, we'll say that yeah. at, the, at the onset, right? Um, and then, of course, uh, what are you drinking there, Gregors? So. The original intent was so that we could all have these beers, but unfortunately we cannot. So today I brought, uh, for myself only, unfortunately, um, <laughs> I brought uh, Toppling Goliath's Double Dry Hop Light Speed Pale Ale, um, which it, the can is, you see the streaks of the stars as if you are in uh, the Millennium Falcon itself. Uh, it's very, very delicious. And, and then alternately, I have a brand new release. This was just released today by Imprint, Imprint Beer Company in Hatfield, Pennsylvania. This is called Intergalactic Syringe. Braggadocious. <laughs> it was just released today. Yeah. I made the trek to Hatfield. Bro, I stood in the rain for this shit. Don't bag on me too hard. <laughs> oh, I, I am in no way doing that. I um, Oh, man. I, I can't believe I lasted as long as I did without getting beer. I've gone for for food three times since the 13th of March. <laughs> I've been out of the house thrice. <laughs> and uh, and I, I did w- I've done one beer haul. And, my friends, it was massive. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of delivery, like piecemeal deliveries. Yeah, I, I, I haven't. Yeah, I've just been going going real hard putting the seats up in the element and packing her to the gills <laughs> getting some looks getting some stares getting some questioning questioning glances um i don't believe that it's real i'm just going about my business because uh i'm not a, puss, I'm not a pussy <laughs> yeah you may have seen daniel on the cover of uh, a few different digital magazines and newspapers recently uh full camo wearing his uh his clips a plenty. <laughs> JK, of course. Um, so the f- had to make that trek to the state capitol. <laughs> Dude, did you see the? Oh man, Harrisburg was was so fucking funny. Some of the signs, but let's not get. Um, Jesus not get a, is my. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is my vaccine. I wasn't gonna say it. I'm glad you said it. That was <laughs> the one that crushed me. I was dying. That's man. the clear so winner. Like, oh, I, I mean. How could you compete? Oh, um, <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, so, so this is how I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. One of the things that um, I think is the big takeaway here is 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 that there's a theme of um, you know fan fiction in, in in a lot of ways, and I know that that word comes really you know pretty loaded. There's a lot to go on with that. But what we have here is someone who loves Star Wars, who wrote about Star Wars. As right. commissioned and, by Lucasfilm and Disney, who owns the property. There you go, right? So, so it's it's somebody who, yeah, fan fiction traditionally you think is they're self-publishing something on you know a zine or something like that because they want to ship people who aren't shipped in the actual story and wants to do this and and they're making their own thing. That's that's the traditional thing. But ultimately, you know, what we're looking at is 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 and and I equate it to this. If we remember Step Brothers. Yeah. Do you know the scene where they get the Wookiee masks at the end? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, I know mine's not movie quality, but that's okay. Right? 
they love a thing so much that they want more of it, mm-hmm. right? Essentially, fans wanted the things, love on things so much that they want more of it. Um, we see that uh, Rush, um, specifically Neil, he's the primary lyricist, loves the thing so much he wants to emulate, make more of it, uh, is influenced by it profoundly. Christ, he, he so, wrote a novel based on one of their albums with a prominent science fiction writer. Like this, like exactly, yeah, yeah, and and so so I think that uh, often we see that that term gets a, gets a pretty bad rap but i think in the end there's all there's an element of fan fiction to any writer any artist there's there's some fan fandom happening um and so this is this is i think a little bit more literal in a lot of ways and that's the major theme that i saw um just in, in coming you know on the other side of of all this reading and listening um because it was it was quite a bit of uh of reading yeah quite a bit of reading quite a pretty, time investment pretty long uh, I, <laughs> I love how I love how the master and Margarita got like a, a, a st- six month furlough because it was so long, and then and then you hit us with six hundred pages of 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 Star Wars. Right? Well, hold on a second. I think there's a difference in uh, style and quality. Um, from that, a, I, for sure, for uh, sure, for sure. I, I we'll think uh, Alexander Freed is a bit more reader friendly <laughs> than <laughs> than our buddy Mikhail oh. is. We'll we'll get into it. Um, so so if I were to introduce these fellas, I would introduce them as uh, other Star Wars characters deserving of a spinoff or fan fiction. Oh, I love this Ooh. right now, and I hope that this isn't horrific. Um, <laughs> well, whatever. I, I, it's gonna be what it is. Sometimes I I I, I don't know. It depends on my mood. I think when I write these. <laughs> so this is this is what I fucking. This is what I fucking came up with this time, all right? So, uh, Daniel, you are Lobot. Who's uh, Lobot? If you're familiar with Lobot, he is the head of security for Lando Calrissian. <laughs> in, oh, uh, man. In, uh, <laughs> That's great. In, that guy doesn't in, do anything. <laughs> in Cloud City. In Cloud City. Uh, so if we remember him, right, he was always he always stuck in my fucking head. So I did a little bit of digging on him. Um, and apparently, So you know how he, he he's, yeah, he's super stoic. He, like, doesn't really say say much but there's that one scene where lando looks at me goes uh lobot you know all the moves or you know all the the uh, things when he's gambling right because mm-hmm. lobot lost his mind and his his mind is actually that computer that's around his head yeah. like a like a fucking weird earmuff um <laughs> so the head warmer droid is is who i i chose for you daniel uh because uh, he's extremely powerful but unassuming, um, and he, in fact, is, is good save. He's linked up to. Uh, he's actually linked up to everything, um, and that just made me think of the 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 vast array of, of of talents that that you have that I seem to be unearthing with each new uh, uh, time I hang out with you. So, so go on. That's why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's that's it. I'm done. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, but your yours would be Lobot. I would love to see the background of Lobot because he's a human man. He's a real dude, um, and he had a whole history. He's like a badass dude. I looked it up. There's like a whole, there is like a whole thing, but it never got turned into anything. Were you on the like Wikipedia? A, I was not on the Wikipedia. Wikipedia. <laughs> um, I was I was in like a dork store of some kind. Um, <laughs> dork online store. online dork store. Nick, you my friend are the Tuscan Raiders. I'm a Tuscan nice. Raider. Yes. <laughs> and and this is primarily because um 
you know, they're 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 native to Tatooine. That is true. Um, I think you have a very deep uh, sort of connection to Star Wars, and I think how could how could you not uh, love Tatooine if you if you don't have a deep connection to Star Wars? Um, and they they are super interesting. Have always been interesting to me. When I did some digging on them, it linked up to your love of Beowulf for me, um, <laughs> because that? when the I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but when the Tusken Raiders uh, move into adulthood, they are tasked with literally destroying a dragon. They have to hunt down and destroy a dragon to get the precious pearl that's in its stomach and bring it back to the group. And so I thought, wow, this kind of rite of passage thing, like all this stuff just screams uh, Gregorio to me. And, you know, you uh, can see the skeleton of one of those dragons in A New Hope in, uh, in, the, in the Tatooine Desert. And during the production really? of the film, they lost it in a sandstorm. So that thing is buried under the sands in Tunisia. That's incredible. Isn't that awesome? That's amazing. That's I, I fucking love it. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I feel like there's this, with the Tusken Raiders, um, this, like, link between Beowulf and Steinbeck, and it all just seems right up right up your alley. So well, I'm, I'm, um, that's why you're the Tusken Raiders. I like friend. it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah Nick thanks. Mahalik. Yes, sir. If I had to give one of these to you um, mm-hmm. off the top of my head, you would be Owen Lars. Okay. Because you are a moisture farmer. <laughs> <laughs> you're just, um, you're always perspiring. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm constantly in battles with Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have such a vendetta yes. against the moisture farmers. <laughs> they killed Anakin's mother because she was farming moisture. Yes. <laughs> nice. Um, and is there another reason you're Owen? Besides that, that's just the first person I thought of. The moisture farming. Do I <laughs> look like him? No, but you know, maybe, maybe G will be the Jedi that uh, saves us all. Perhaps. Be- because of your guidance. Perhaps. That would be very cool. Owen um, Lars doesn't like- have any blood relation to the Jedi. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we were just going to let it go, Nick. We were going to let it go. <laughs> Only you would be able to call him out on it, <laughs> and you did it. Does Amparu have relation? I believe. Uh, I actually don't remember. Isn't that how she's the? Is I mean, that's why one of them is no one. They're they're related to the uh, the guy who married Anakin's mother after uh, Anakin left Tatooine. Why? What? Yeah. <laughs> so they are basically step uncle and. Are you saying that Nick's son, Gabriel, is not going to be a Jedi? That's exactly what I'm saying, yes. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, see we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, all right, so, so Nick, uh, why, don't you, why don't you jump us into Alphabet Squadron here? Yeah. Um, you know, give us, give us something for the, for the readers. We, we need to know, or the listeners, rather, we need to know that it's, it's directly after... Um, as you said, Return of the Jedi. Yep. Um, that I think is a good frame of reference for everybody, um, and it's called Alphabet Squadron. I mean, purposefully comically because of all the different uh, types of uh, uh, fighter planes that they're that they're flying. Yep. You know, we have the the U wings and X wings and on and on and on. Um, hence the alphabet. So uh, yeah, jump jump in. 
Okay, so um, Alphabet Squadron is um, it's a fairly standard plot in that a group of disparate people um, have to come together to find their common strength to overcome a, uh, a foe. Um, what is neat about these characters is that I found them to be pretty deep. Um, I thought Eureka Quell especially was, um, was deeper than the, the standard Star Wars character. Um, you got a lot more from these guys because the book is long and there's a lot of um, it is it's an epic in that it feels like a lot of time passes it feels like you're getting real war torn shit going on Um, and what I appreciate about the extended universe is you get um, more depth of story and theme than you would in the movies because the movies traditionally are light versus dark right versus wrong um this cut 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 um what well there's like a cut a cut a cut so they have just as many plot lines so yeah i didn't make that clear i just said cut a bunch of times yeah um yeah in a live broadcast that's not a (laughs) cut 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 (laughs) fuck um so what i meant was and and this was something that that i did want to make sure we we talked about was um you know this is very for me non-linear you know um as was tie fighter like they were both non-linear in a lot of ways and there's a lot of jumping tie fighter is a little more more overt with it um with with alphabet squadron a lot of the jumps for me um even as i was getting into it i never felt comfortable with the rules of reading if that makes sense i would agree with Um, you there so that that sure. was a struggle that I had um, with this, and I wanted to ask you if this was because, and I, I love that you actually you clarified it right in the beginning where you were like, this is completely unique, original, even if you've been reading the extended universe for years, because how many novels would you suppose there are in the in the extended universe well, uh, at this point? Um, in, in the new canon, there may be 20 at this point. but And this would be a part of that? Yes. In the, in the previous canon, we're talking... 100 books, 125 books. Right, yeah. And so so that's what I, I'm more – I didn't uh, I, I didn't read them, but I had a, a number of friends who, who always always had them in their backpacks and, and were pulling them out. And, and um, I love Star Wars, um, but I was always more of a, the movie person. I never got into the extended universe like that. And I thought while I was reading this, man, my, my whole – my trouble with this is probably because I'm not um, – used to whatever rules have been set up in previous novels in how to read this and 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 the way that this um works and so that that was a struggle for me and it it actually really made me think about like oh when i uh what was it um the narrow door you know i know we we had a conversation about being difficult because it was nonlinear and it was yep. this and that and it was this type of memoir that felt really natural to me but i recognized it wasn't for others and um also you know different uh poetry collections like x i brought in and 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 even sisyphus and stuff like that and that really was a a big pivotal moment for for me when i was reading this and and really having a tough time mm. And I and I was thinking to myself, wow, yeah, maybe this is something where you 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 need to engage with this genre enough, or, or be be in this enough to actually find that ease that you can settle in and and read it. So it was a, it was a humbling experience for me because I frankly, um, if I'm being perfectly honest, 
I, I, I struggled with where I was throughout the entire thing pretty much. And I, and I, I, I wasn't, I really didn't ever get invested. I felt mm. that it was, it was, it was pretty dry. I liked some of the fight scenes. It sounded like a fucking jock or something. There, but <laughs> I, I did like some of the, the, the fight scenes and stuff like that. I am a huge star Wars nerd, but like I didn't, um, I didn't ever find myself invested. Hmm. And I, I, I really did want to talk to you, to you about that, if that meant that perhaps the extended universe is its own universe in a lot of ways and in the way that you need to engage with it. Yeah, so uh, the unfortunate thing about <clears throat> things like this is that the, the EUs are often a large tapestry of story and character that you need right. to have some background in. Like, for example... Uh, General Hera Syndulla, who is sort of the she's the 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 leader of this group outside of Eureka Quell. Was, was that Grandma? No, 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 no. Grandma. No, no, was that on was the in Tie Fighter. Fighter side. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, Her I'm getting Hera turned around. Was now. the uh, the Twi'lek uh, general uh, rebel right. hero? She is a main character in a in a series called Star Wars Rebels. Um, mm. That if you didn't watch the show, you wouldn't understand why she's talking about her old crew and why they felt like home to her and you're not, yeah. you know, and you're missing out on that stuff. And that, that show is actually tremendous. And I love no the shit. fact that we're getting Hera in, in this novel. So you see where she is seven years removed from the story that we last saw her in. So I, I think there is a disconnect. I don't think there's an easy way to get into expanded universes, especially, especially star Wars. Cause there's just so much, um, yeah, man. But um, I, I think with this novel, a guy like me who like loves extended canon of Star Trek and Doctor Who and Star Wars, like I get off on this shit. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right, yeah. And admittedly, the writing is not great. It is better than most Star Wars novels I've read. Okay. But, I was going to ask you that, too. Yeah. yeah but I'm, I read Star Wars novels strictly for story and character, not for craft. To, like, engage with your your friends to get more of the thing that you exactly. you like, right? Like yeah. a, a fucking Wookiee mask. Yeah, exactly. Because I, like, I feel like I know General, Hen General Syndulla. You know what I mean? I've <laughs> yeah, spent yeah, so yeah. much time with her. I feel like I know her. I'm like, oh, here she is again. This is wonderful. Um, yeah, it's like, it's like the people, people that can speak Elvish. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a, there's a level of nerdiness that needs to um, unlocked. Yeah, and I've sort of equated like because canon stuff is difficult to want to get into. You really gotta want to get into it and invest the time. Um, yeah, and that's sort of like uh, like whiskey. People who don't want to get into whiskey don't like whiskey. Right. Right. That's a good yeah good good comparison. Yeah. Nice. What uh what was what was your take on this, Daniel? So, uh, Nick Mahalik, yes. you voiced you voiced a lot of my thoughts, so that was nice. <laughs> um, so I won't belabor the cast by saying them over. Um, I have read um, only I read all of the Star Wars books for um, episodes one through nine. Oh, nice, nice. A and those those are I actually I'd encourage you that if you um, are a Star Wars fan, reading the novelizations of episodes um, uh, four, five, and six, and then also the novelization of, uh, what, what was three, Revenge of the Sith? 
Uh, yeah, the the prequel three. Yeah. Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Okay. <clears throat> um, because the books they do give you a lot more than the movies do, and you do get to uh, experience a death that you're not going to experience by watching a two-hour-long movie. Right. Um, like Obi Wan yeah, yeah. Kenobi is apparently like a bad motherfucker, like way better than even Ooh McGregor. Dude, the Clone Ewan. Wars series, like, yeah. makes him that badass. It's almost yeah. Like, and they referenced that so much. I was like, man, I actually almost want to like, jump into that. Yeah, I know. I, I felt the same way. I was like, maybe I should just watch the Clone Wars cartoons. So <laughs> it's it's an interesting point you you brought up because. I'm, I was reading this book and it took me a long time to read it and yeah. part of me was just like who gives a shit <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't <laughs> yeah I, I I landed in a in a in a similar in a similar space and yeah it was it was a lot of just like you know Nick said it you 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 need to want to invest the time. Yes, I'm so um, in, I'm so invested in those nine move like the the canon. Yeah, I mean, and this is part of the canon. This is, but I guess is it's there, just not is part there... of the main saga. It's part of canon, but not part of the Skywalker. Okay, so I love Star Wars, and I enjoyed reading the comic more than the novel. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if there was a cartoon version of um, Alphabet Squadron. I'd be all in, and I sure. think it would be fantastic. Sure. But reading it, I was like, oh, my, I just really didn't give a shit. Whereas <laughs> with, with, with episodes one through nine, I had already seen episodes four, five, six, you know, a hundred times by the time I read those. Sure. And as, as a fanboy, I was super, super jazzed to read those books before the movies came out. So, yeah. I did the same um, thing, believe it or not. So. Yeah, it was it's an interesting way to, um, I guess, engage with something that our uh, fandom was was birthed on the screen. Right. Yeah. Now it's like, well, now here's books, and I don't know, man. I don't. Maybe if it was just like a series to start with, in books, I. Yeah. Well, this is um, the first in a trilogy. Oh boy. <laughs> that I, for one, am particularly stoked on. Um, but no, I, I actually agree with both of you 100%. Um, it's, it's not a thing that you have to give a shit about. So why give a shit about it unless you want to give a shit about it? You know what I mean? If it's, yeah, man, if like, this is your thing and like, you really love the expanded universe, this is awesome. Yo, yeah. Yeah. You'd probably be all over it. Yeah. And, and that's why, like, I loved this book. I loved it. Because, like, yeah. my favorite part about it was, like, when, when, you know, they won this battle, right? They won this battle at the end, like, like they, you assumed they would. It's the first novel of a trilogy. They're going to win. Um, right. Uh, like, they were being told that they won, and yet the depth of character showed that they couldn't understand how or what that even meant. And I, so that was compelling stuff. Yeah. That was the most compelling part of, of both stories is yeah. uh, the humanization of uh, the Imperial forces. Yep. And we started to get a little bit of that in the 
which which is the one where what was the Star Wars with the casino? Uh, Last Jedi. Was it okay? Not okay. Yeah. So it makes sense that this is that this is coming right before. after that because that's that's. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. Right yeah, before. Yeah, right before. before right yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So they were touching on that, and that was the first time I think probably for a lot of Star Wars fans where this idea of. You know, you think you're fighting for the good guys. Mm-hmm. You know, listen, kid, this thing isn't going on, and it's going to keep going on. Money talks, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> where that that was brought in because we were, I mean, for our entire lives, we have been raised in the idea that it's good versus evil, and it's um, there is no gray in between. Yes, uh, and that's right. The the there is no gray aside from the Last Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I love The Last Jedi so much. And I think people who hated The Last Jedi are, are not smart. Um. <laughs> Use your fucking head, dude. <laughs> I didn't get the thing I wanted. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the only argument they have. It's not it's, what I wanted. It's the Patton Oswald argument. Give, give me the thing I want. I read in a book once. Yep. Give me the, the thing I want on, a, <laughs> on the thing I want. <laughs> But, I read it in a book. Yeah. As a sidebar, I've been watching a lot of Lord of the Rings because it's on TV a lot. Yeah, it is. And you know, and that's a movie, okay, uh, based off of books. And there's the scene in uh, the Two Towers where they're getting attacked by the wolves of Isengard, which is not in the books. <laughs> but yeah, watching that, I've seen that movie so many times now that I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah you but i remember go. i remember be reading it like that's not in the fucking books um yeah dude i i, I the larger a... i'm sorry my larger point of even bringing that up is um that dep- how the art and the story is presented um whether it's something you want or not if it's presented in a way that makes a coherent story you got to let your own shit kind of go right and coming to Alphabet Squadron and um, TIE Fighter, my favorite parts were when they referenced things that I knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. When it's like, the Death mm-hmm. Star was just destroyed. I was like, I fucking yep. know. That was my guys. I know them. I know who did that. <laughs> yep. I, I, I knew those I, independent I, contractors. <laughs> yeah. Could not. <laughs> I could not agree more. That was when I... I well, because you need footing. At some point, yeah. you need footing. And, and that's why I was, you know, mentioning it to Nick earlier. Like, do you... How much do you need to have read to really have that footing? Um, because with something like this, it is really jarring and, and, and sort of you almost feel like you're you're um, not invited to the party a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The, it's it's so it's so huge. The Star Wars, like the saga, like the that shadow is 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 looming very heavily for someone like me. And I, and I guess you, Nick Mahalik. When, this is like my first extended universe read. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted that footing. I was like, "Well, where is Luke gonna show up?" <laughs> because he's he's still alive. He know? is exactly. <laughs> yeah, I only laugh because it's like it's like yeah, like where's the thing? And and he's obviously the most prominent. Like where's the thing that that, that I know? And it it's it's interesting because we talk about this all the time about uh you know sometimes elitism, sometimes dorkdom, sometimes you know deep cuts and whatever it might be. And it it's interesting when when you try and like, and now we've put it into a whole new realm of cinema and and literature. You know, and and it's it is really it 
it's it's one of those things where it's very difficult to really put a finger on well why why do i feel alienated from this thing is it because it's the comic book owner comic book store guy from the simpsons or is it because i just i haven't engaged with enough of the thing or maybe i just don't care to 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 get as heavily invested in that i'm heavily invested in this other shit that people call me a fucking elitist for because i get deep with that you know it's it's a it's a really really fascinating time we live in because you can get so fucking deep in whatever it is you love yeah which is which is which is pretty wild i think just for people um and maybe tie fighter mentioning that that's the title of the the graphic i think we should get into that in a minute um uh for anybody that's listening, we've been talking about this because the the main characters of Alphabet Squadron, um, uh, uh, particularly Quell, are, are former Tie Fighters, right? They 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 were part right. of the uh, Empire. And now they're 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 the deadliest sort of been... um, the deadliest group of Tie Fighter pilots, uh, Shadow Wing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So 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 they've now been sort of taken to the other to the other side, and 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 to. When you just watch the movies, there is a. I think Clone Wars does. I mean, just exploits this where there there is this 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 way that you view those who are working for Vader uh, as robotic, right. as inhuman, you know, and and so to humanize them and and now have them uh, fighting for the good guys, uh, quote unquote, um, is a really. Uh, I, I think the premise is fantastic in that way. You know, and that's why I, you know, introduced you guys in the way that I did. I think it's great to think about like what, well, what's this and what's that, and and and, and how did we get here, um, in a very talking heads type way, um, because they are human. That's that's the fucking wild part about yeah. it. They're not clones, and they actually even say that. I think they say it in Tie Fighter, like we're not clones, we're humans. Right, and that's actually pretty interesting because people hate like the the characters in the books hate on the clones, but the Clone Wars TV series makes it a point to humanize the clone characters. It's wild stuff, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like ex machina, you know. Like, wh- wh- when does sentience and 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 humanity again, quote unquote, uh, uh, manifest? You yeah. know, when does that actually? When do you cross that line? Uh, you know, you think of like Westworld and shit like that. Like, yeah. when does it actually become um, something else? Like, like we are inherently elitist. For, for thinking that that is the epitome of, uh, you know, the, the, the living world and stuff. And so it plays with that, which I think is really fantastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know uh, what more to, to, to say on it from, from my end because I really um, – th- there were very profound moments in it, I thought. I thought that I, I didn't care for the writing for the most part, but then I thought, oh, maybe this – because of the genre stuff, genre stuff I've read – I've often been, if I've been disappointed in something, I've been disappointed in the writing. Sure, it's it's idea over quality of of of, yep. of style and prose. You know, so um, on average, there there are on average there sure. are books that you're like, holy, this is a genre novel, right? Like, what's that one about King Arthur, the Once and Future King? Oh shit! I remember being a kid and being like, wow, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> and then there was another one. That was like the Merlin effect or something that I read. I read a lot of Arthurian type shit when I was a kid, and I loved it, dude. So much of it was really well written and 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 really fantastic. Um, and so there's that. You're yeah. you're absolutely right. I shouldn't I shouldn't paint with that broad a brush. Um, but in my experience, most of the time. No, you're not wrong. Been, you're not wrong at that's all. That's been the case. Yeah. 
Um, um, so, so yeah, that's sort of my 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 final thought on it is like with genre uh, uh, fiction, most times um, um it, it's idea over substance, and and that um that can be really cool if you just if you can breeze through it. Um, I I because of the nonlinear sort of like approach and and some of the stuff I got hung up. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. I dig it. Uh, Daniel, any, any closing thoughts on on Alphabet Squadron or? Um, I hope <laughs> they make a cartoon movie out of it. I would watch that. Yeah. And I feel like that would be worth my time. Yeah. That'd be pretty dope. Yeah. 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 Reading it. <sighs> I don't know, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, his final I'm, thought. <laughs> I feel... I'm glad that I did, but I I feel like I could have just read like a long Wikipedia entry or something and be like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like yeah, these, you, you could have read the Wikipedia uh, entry and gotten the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I think I guess what it comes down to when it my relationship with Star Wars now is I want pure entertainment with little to no work. Just mm-hmm. show me the story, mm-hmm. and I just want to sit back and be taken uh, away to a galaxy far, far away. Um, right on. And I just don't feel like reading a five hundred and something page book to <laughs> to get that fix. Fair enough. That's listen. Fair enough. Yeah. This is why I, I wanted to do this book because there's I wanted to um, first of all. Um, do something that we haven't done before. Do something different for the show. And and I also wanted to do something that I, I somehow just fell back into having a, a really ravenous interest about. Like, I, I've always loved Star Wars, but I kind of got away from the extended universe. So I wanted to do something like this just because of that. And it just so happened that in doing this, um, <laughs> a pandemic happened and um, <laughs> escapism is sort of, one of the things that makes me feel good because um, there are and you know there sorry. no you're good there are there it's a very difficult time uh, especially for i don't know i mean for everybody but you know i have an anxiety disorder uh bipolar disorder you know it, it's it's difficult um and escapism for me right now is just wonderful it adds a tapestry to my life that just is not there because i don't i don't get to go anywhere i don't get to see anybody so it's difficult yeah no absolutely and and one of the things that um i thought was really a, a another positive uh just to to maybe uh end on before we move to tie fighter was um the idea of how power can fluctuate and and the notion of power in these two pieces um and, and also 2112 frankly uh was pretty was pretty interesting in this particular situation mm-hmm. having the leadership that we do have and 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 you know there's a lot of of these like sort of like satirical uh things that are always showing up and and comparisons that are made and whatnot but like the, the fact of the matter is 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 when you extrapolate anything you, you, you kind of have to think like 
there is an origin to this and it's based in some reality and 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 whether you're writing star wars or or you're writing 1984 or 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 whatever it might be um it is a really interesting thing to think about the period that you get to live in and what's going on in that period and the fact that we read this and palpatine is like a dude and uh and you know what i mean and it's just and it's and it's all going down in this way it's like to me the phrase that kept coming back was being on the right or wrong side of history Mm. um and the fact that you do make choices and 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 you know what ironically in this you you get to see that perhaps you can attempt to write those choices or or reverse them Mm. in some way which was here here interesting (laughs) at the very least um nice so uh, moving on to, to TIE Fighter, as you said, this is a crossover event. These were yeah. done uh, purposefully to, to interact with one another. Um, apparently. Apparently. Do you think they did it after the fact? Is this conspiracy? No, what do you no I, the, this was definitely intentional. I just think the, the comic did a bad job. <laughs> I, I was, yeah, I, I felt like the comic for me was far easier to read, as most, you know, yeah. fucking comics are. But, um... I did. I do have to agree. Where I was like, well, th- just the timelines aren't perfectly aligned. No, I, I when I when They're I not when even I really chose that close. to do two of these texts for this show, I, I assumed that Tie Fighter would be showing us the Alphabet Squadron novel from the perspective of Shadow Wing. Right, and that is not at all what it is. No, <laughs> there was and, one frame where they say, "Thanks, Erica Quell," or "Thanks, Lieutenant Quell," or something. Yeah, she's in it right. for. Uh, one frame a panel you know what i mean <laughs> yeah um yeah so like yeah. when i when I, I finished the novel and then i went to the graphic novel and i was like what the fuck is this yeah <laughs> you know I, mean? I was surprised because i did it the same way i read i read the you know the regular novel first i read alphabet squadron then went to tie fire and i was like i was like all right dude this can be dope fucking let's let's flip the lens a little bit yeah. and then i got into it and i was like it's not even the fucking same time <laughs> right. not even in the you know what I mean? Like, we're, and it's not that it has to be perfectly lined up, but like where Tie Fighter ends is 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 like a little bit before. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was. I don't actually. Was, I don't actually wear it. But like, none of the characters were even mentioned in Alphabet Squadron, except for maybe two. Right, right. But we're we're Alphabet Squadron is months after Return of the Jedi, correct? Yeah, I think three, three months. And it seems like Tie Fighter ends it, at the, the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. So re- it seems like Tie Fighter is actually taking place at, during Return of the Jedi. It is. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and I mean, based on how it ends, and and then so so I was like, what the fuck, guys? I know. <laughs> I know, which is um, interesting it, because Star Wars is so good at crossing shit over. Why did they do this poor of a job? You have so much, and it's so funny because I've been I've been watching that uh, improv thing on Netflix, Schwartz and uh, Middle Ditch, mm. um, and <laughs> I'm gonna tie it in. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, and so it's improv, right? And they're in the first episode. They the <laughs> fucking uh, Middle Ditch just <laughs> walks by him, and he goes, "Oh!" He goes, "What the hell was that?" I'm a ghost, and then he just walks away. Right, it's it's out of nowhere, and then at the end they tie that back in, and I was like, "Oh, fucking a right, that's 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 brilliant." I expected that the whole time I read Tie Fighter, 
and then it ends and i was like the ghost never made any sense there wasn't even a ghost right <laughs> yeah so I don't, I don't know i um if it was to be perfectly honest if i didn't have um alphabet already in my head i think i would have really just just like fell into tie fighter and enjoyed it quite a bit mm. oh yeah um, and i did enjoy it quite a bit frankly i, I thought it was cool um, I really do like the, the, the humanizing of these, these, you know, seemingly just like evil characters. The, the line that stood out for me was when the two, um, cadets, uh, get quickly shipped up to, to, uh, active duty, um, and they don't get to have a graduation. Uh, and that really struck me, frankly, because of the fact that our seniors right now don't. Right. Um, and, and it was just like, Ooh, that, that, I guess that line hit me. I probably would have glossed over it otherwise. And then the kid goes um, something about my my parents really wanted to see my graduation um, from the from you know the the academy to be a to be a pilot. Um, but you're you're a tie fighter. You, you know what I mean? You're 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 fighting for for the bad guy. Right. Yet you have parents, which humanizes you quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And there's even like at one point. Uh, what seven generations of 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 pilot? Yeah. Um. That that gets sort of like uh, f- uh, focused in on, and and that was really interesting to me because I thought, well, yeah, everybody has like someone. There's that quote from somewhere. Every, everybody everybody has a has a mom and dad, um, and that I don't know that that just struck me like, yeah, even fucking Tie Fighter pilots have moms and dads. <laughs> Well, I also thought what was compelling about the the comic also is that um, the the people it, it seems to posit that a lot of the people who are in the Imperial Navy um, believe that the Empire is what the old Republic yes. evolved into, and they believe that they are on the right side of history. Right. Um, yeah, and, that and that's what the com- grandmother is talking yes. about. She even calls it the Republic. Yes. Yeah. That is compelling shit. Um, right. Well, it's like how the Democrats or Republicans have switched yeah, their ideals exactly over right. the years and exactly stuff like right. that. It's um, a, it is a really fascinating thing because um, it was funny. Me and Jill were talking at um, dinner the other night and we're talking about politics and, and Gabriel goes, what's politics? And I was like, well, you know all the you know rules we follow, the laws and different things, and we stop at the stop sign, and we do this and that. I kind of like, you know, he's two, so fucking, yeah, the talking. <laughs> um, but but I was like, I was like, the the way those rules get made are through politics. Yeah. Was like, and he kind of seemed like he he got it for a moment, but it was a very strange experience for me to try and explain what what the fuck politics is, because in my, I mean, for me, I I don't necessarily believe that we need that we should have them. Like it's it's kind of like we are in an immature state of evolution to, to have to have politics and have to have these laws, you know, um, we should be in more of a elevated state by now, but in any case, um, yeah, man, that, that was, that was really wild to, to see. Um, Daniel, what do you, what do you think with this, uh, this, this graphic novel? Cause I know you're not, you, you don't read a ton of, um, of, of graphic text, correct? No. Uh, I, I like the graphic novel more than I like the, um, actual novel. I read it on my iPad, which is the first time I've read a comic book on the iPad. And oh, me too. I did a Kindle. Yeah, and uh, and um, it was great because you could w- read it as either uh, page or yeah. or panel or frame, whatever you call the yeah, yeah. Uh, panel. Yeah, and that was that it, it, it allowed you to really 
I don't know, I guess experience the art of it a little bit more than um, I guess you would if it was like paper in your yeah. hands. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. Do you guys ever use um, uh, optic analysis as sort of like a teaching tool? I don't know what that is. Mm. So it's, it's a way to deconstruct um, images, whether it be a painting, a photograph, a graphic novel or something like that. I use it for graphic novels because, because I teach a bunch of them and um, it, it, it's pretty cool because you, because you kind of do like this, this zooming out to start like an overview and then mm -hmm. the parts of the picture, then the title or text, then the interrelationships between the title and text and the parts of the picture and then the um, sort of like concluding idea that you that you the major takeaway from it it's um, like a it's like a google classrooms thing you can do or no it's it's more of like if you ever have done soapstone it's just an acronym for for a way to deconstruct an image oh, okay um so I, if whether it's visual art a photograph the graphic novel whatever um but but it is a really cool thing that 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 i find with a graphic novel um some of the detail because i have that in the back of my head all the time um some of the detail is really, really, really excellent um, in these texts. And uh, there were a few panels in uh, TIE Fighter that I, that I felt were super well done and, and conveyed a lot of, um, a lot of story in, in, in just you know, some, some, some lines across a page. My favorite thing was that every time there was an explosion, the words boom was written across the panel. <laughs> Dude, they used pew and, and yeah. kaboom. Yeah. And like a lot of these, like I uh, love, I love the pew pew nineteen sixties, uh, Batman type things. Yeah. You know, like that, the TV that's an show old with... holdover that that writers still will put in their in their books. Um, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. it's really neat. That... Um, like the pew pew thing. That I mean, that's become like a that's... meme, you know. And, yeah, right. and it's really wait. It's really was that funny. like from that was like from Family Guy, right? When they did their Star Wars, where the guys like gotcha. Pew, pew. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. You never know where I, memes come from anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I um I really I mean TIE Fighter essentially just is is like we said, following um these these people who think that they're on the, the right side of history because there is so much history behind what they stand for. Right. But it's almost like they're, they're 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 uncertain though. There's a couple of them that are like, I don't yes. know. Yeah. Well, wow. you got to think, right? And what they don't mention, which I was hoping they would, this would have actually really brought it together nicely for me. Um, perhaps this is just a stylistic thing for me, but I, I would have loved for them to have at some point explored how the Republic began a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, touch upon that. You have the grandmother character, which would have been fantastic to use. And she's a little you know, wily and angry, and, and I, I'm not necessarily sure that she had the... Uh, that she would have the focus or concentration. She didn't seem like that type of character to sit down and like, you know, pontificate a little bit. Um, but I would have loved to have seen that the Republic, then the empire was born out of a rebellion and that there was this juxtaposition between what's happening in their reality to what they are remembering as this sort of nostalgia of what they stand for. Interestingly um, enough, Nick, when you're talking about the history of the Republic, um, Marvel and Del Rey and Disney are putting out a new publishing initiative starting this summer um, that's set f 400 years before the Clone Wars. 
Holy shit. And it's called The High Republic, and it's about when the Republic first came to prominence and how the 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 galaxy is sort of like um it's a proper space western with Jedi as acting as Texas Rangers. And Oh wow. And it's a proper crossover in that the characters will be appearing in each story. So the first five texts that are coming out, there's an adult novel, a YA novel, a middle grade novel, and then two comic book series within 2020. That's all that's coming out this year. Jesus. Um, And that's what I wanted this to do for Alphabet Squadron, and it didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I hear you. I hear you. That's really that's really pretty wild because I for some reason I love cataloging and like seeing how things interact. Yeah. But I also love origin. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love origin. Like everybody fucking rails against Prometheus as being part of alien canon and stuff like that. Um, but I loved Prometheus. I thought it was so fucking cool mm-hmm. and and such a great sort of intro to the whole alien you know what i mean thing and um and and people hated it and and but fuck them you know i i thought i thought it was really i thought it was really really to use your word for this cast compelling and i um i i just i i I don't know that that kind of stuff if you're if you're dealing with it already why not just take that next step and 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 make that link or, or draw that juxtaposition in, in some way. So that was just something I, I thought was missing in TIE Fighter, that there was just a missed opportunity to really make the the text a bit stronger. That's exactly um, what I think. Missed opportunity is a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, and overall, I would agree with you then. I, I'd say that the, this, this whole thing could have been uh, a very cool – like it didn't have to be a mirror. Right. You know, we didn't have to see the other side of the mirror uh, with TIE Fighter for Alphabet Squadron. But – but we could have done it better. Um, right, and and for sure. there were some missed opportunities there all, all, all around. And in the end, you know, that's why we're not giving it fucking stellar reviews. You know, you, you, you we're, we're, uh, sort of like, uh, I don't know, giving it, giving it what it is, which is, is just, I'm, I'm not upset. I'm not upset that I, exactly. I'm not these pissed. Things. I'm not pissed. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, just a shrug. But it could. I think where 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 I'm actually upset is that it could have been much more than a shrug because I do really, though I don't engage with the extended universe and all this other stuff. I, I mean, the, so much of my imagination was shaped by Star Wars, mm-hmm. um, and and so to see that um, that we have this this potential here and this missed opportunity, it is overwhelming to think of how much is out there now. Um, this actually kind of frightened me a little bit. Just, just to think like what I don't know um, and how much is out there, that, that, was, that was really overwhelming. Well, this content is being made for us. It's probably the only thing that is being made for, uh, you know, people in their 30s, 40s, and beyond. Right. right. The, movies, right. the movies have uh, moved on from us. Well, they're trying to, but I don't know if kids are like really giving a shit about them. Well, Everybody keeps yeah. saying that too. Like, not that kids aren't giving a shit, but that like they're not meant for us. Um, I think that's largely because of who bought them. Well, I don't know. I'm not I think necessarily because, sure that it's I mean, true. Just, when it comes to sorry, Nick, you can go ahead. I was done. That was all. Uh, I'm good. Um, with the Force Awakens, the the first in the the sequel trilogy that came out in 2015, um, that was an exact, like almost scene for scene remake of A New Hope. And it was 
right. executed really, really well. They did a great job. Yeah. And it was like, it was more homage, in my opinion, than it was like a remake. But at the same time, like, you reintroduced a whole new audience to that original story that might not be able to get into it because of the technological deficit that the original has compared to today. I'd agree with you there for sure. Yeah. I'd still, and we've talked about this before, so I'm not going to get into it, but I, I still think out of all of those that have come um, since the original six, uh, uh, fucking Rogue One it's always, great. It's, it's, great. It's, it's it stays with me, man. It's, it's, and it's not that it's the most true in, in aesthetics or, or story to the, to the original six. It, it just, there's something about the, the rawness of it um whereas there's there, there's there appears to be a sheen on all the ones that have that have come since and, and and you know like like you're saying um the the force awakens it, 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 you're right it really is just this this exit like you needed it to get back in yep um, Absolutely, but Rogue One is is excellent. And believe it or not, Harrison Dula is not only is mentioned, and the her droid companion from Rebels is in it. No shit. Yeah, this is how cool that shit is. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, yeah, Tie Fire was cool. Yeah, it, was, it was it was fucking cool. I don't want to rush us through this, but <clears throat> should we? Uh, Talk about Rush. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Oh, my goodness gracious. This fucking um, guy. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think I've said my final thoughts. I really have no, you know. Yeah, um, I, just, I would like to emphasize one thing. Um, like, this is, this is stuff that people, you have to want to like. You can't go into it blind. You got your, the internet has to be your friend when you're reading this. You have to have your smartphone next to you so you can look alien races and ships up like I was doing. Um, but especially now if you're getting bogged down by reality um escapism like this it just it offers many of the this the same conflicts that uh like a more literary or filmy type of program or book would do for you you're just getting it in a package that makes you feel like fun is the main point and that's what I really loved about this. And I'm glad that it that this episode is being recorded now because I think it's perfectly uh, it, it would it, it could be a shot in the arm for somebody who might need a, a little bit of help. Yeah, it, it it I was dude. It's so funny that you say that. I was thinking about how we did um, the brief and frightening reign of Phil right before the election, where yeah. Trump came to office. We've we've had these these few over the past four years, like very serendipitous moments and i i would agree i think this is one to talk about you know especially if you don't like i've been finding writing has has been sort of my escape because my time is so limited mm -hmm. um in terms of, of of what i have time to do um so so engaging in, in a long form piece of writing has actually been a really big one for me but it's doing exactly what you're saying and if you're not one that's given to that um sort of artistic uh you know escape then then this is a is a is a great thing, especially if you're interested in the in the um the canon and and the subject matter. Yeah. yeah. Daniel, comic, you got anything to close comic, it up, or you want to move forward? Comic good, novel 
eh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a Darth Vader bust behind you? It's a it's a stuffed uh, toy. <laughs> nice. Or a doll. I don't know what you call it. Uh, oh, oh, it looks like one of those. Uh, it was like a big Stretch Armstrong, but it's Darth. Oh, that'd be great if he was a Stretch Armstrong, but no. God, I remember that. A, uh, Anakin the Stretchy. All right, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, we are going to jump in to Rush's 2112. Should I sing it again? Um, uh, g- please do. <laughs> we are... No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's listed as um, six songs. Um but I'd argue it's a full 12. You know, it's a standard album in a lot of ways. Um, we we have a release date of uh, 1976. This is the Canadian band Rush, which has this incredible, dedicated cult following, much like those. Um, and it's not even cult anymore after this many years, you know. You, you're talking about 45, almost 50 years of being a band. 21 um, albums yeah and 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 we have this the, the such a i mean rush itself could be numerous casts um but this particular album is is a really important one and one that like it jacks me up because this is their third uh studio album yeah correct? it's their third and the first in which they really leaned into progressive music um, yeah, so they they were doing like somewhat Zeppelin stuff, very bit, much so. Yeah, um, before and and so they had poor album sales um, on on the previous the album before this. Their um, the major label that was distributing their stuff um, was getting ready to drop them, and their manager kind of stepped in, went to battle for them, got them one more shot. I mean, it's really kind of epic when you think about it, um, just in terms of these guys' lives. And they're fantastic musicians who um, have been doing this thing, but they, they, they had this uh, progressive sort of sound that, they, that they, they could have leaned into more at this point, or they could have tried to make something more commercial, which is obviously what all the record labels wanted at this time. You're talking about 1976. This is where Zeppelin's on hiatus for a bit and then finally releases Physical Graffiti, which is kind of B-sides and some new material. Um, so you have this, this sort of window opening for them to sort of assume prominence if they wanted to, or at yeah. least get more popular um, in the absence of the front runners there in Zeppelin. Um, but they choose to go a completely different way. <laughs> the they opposite go, way. Fuck it. They go, fuck it, man. We're going to make a fucking epic. We're going to make a concept progressive rock album. Um, and not only that, we are going to do it in, in almost the weirdest way possible by like paying homage to um, Ayn Rand. Um, <laughs> they never has, lived it down. Never. Yeah, Nick, you pointed out earlier they they've had to apologize for it for at least uh, three or four decades since. Wait, and it's funny; it just makes me think that like they might have skimmed the ideas in the book without understanding the context <laughs> of what she was driving at. Because right, because she right. like her shit is bad, bad. Her shit is super bad. Um, yeah, and and not in a cool way. No, and and. Getty Lee and Neil Peart are like fairly progressive people. 
know what I mean? And and well, not only that, like there's there's there was uh, some reviews at the time that came out that were like uh, equating some of the concepts and ideas um, uh, that they were espousing by being influenced by Rand uh, as as a, a equivalent to Nazism and this that and a third. Meanwhile, Getty Lee's parents are both Holocaust survivors. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, I think all it says in the liner notes is, is, is something about like, um, uh, uh, fucking like, uh, oh, what is it? The genius of Ayn Rand. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a bad right? look. Like, it's a bad look. They just credit the genius of Ayn Rand. And I, I agree with you, Nick. I think in a lot of ways it was just, um, they, 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 they surmised this is what it might be about because, it's a concept album about a time in the future where if you are an individual, creative or unique, um, you're, you're essentially outcasted, right. correct? Right. Right. And so, so that's 2112, and that's why there's this guy, you know, with the big red star, and he's kind of <laughs> naked and, and just like uh, posed in, in opposition to yep. it. And that's the individual and, and this idea of individualism and stuff like that, um, you know, is, is an essential tenant to – to Ayn Rand, but Ayn Rand is also a complete asshole who's like, whatever lot you get in life is yours and go fuck yourself, everybody. You know, it's a bootstrap sort of ironic bunch of bullshit that she's constantly espousing. Yeah, she's a um, villain, is what she is. She's a super villain. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It, <laughs> exactly. Um, it, and so, yeah, I agree with you. I think that, that they, they took this idea and they saw it in a very almost sentimental and artistic way like right if you the if opposite you're creative, of the way rand intended it <laughs> exactly yeah if, you, if you're if you're creative you 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 are often outcasted because you because your mind is working in this way that that many others don't see and 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 it's so it's so interesting to see this far right wing extremist bullshit have this resonance with truly progressive individuals creative people be, because the, at the core of it, it's it's this idea of being outcasted for the way you you believe, and and the majority are are assholes. Um, some are just uh, uh, you know very very introspective um, people who are who are who are feeling so different from the crowd, um, and th- and that's what a lot of this album is is about. Yeah. Um, and so it's such a shame, man, um, that they had to get lambasted uh, for, for something they just, it seems like, it, it, it almost like Canadian naivety. Yeah, that's exactly what I think it is. I, 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 <laughs> I, I truly believe that they, they saw this idea of individuality as a beacon of something to be strived to strive toward. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yep. and for all intents and purposes, Yes, individuality is wonderful, but in in the context that Rand put it in, I just don't think that they fully digested the ideas. I think it's one of those things where you see what you want. Sure, right. Exactly. So, so so they're the they're these really sort of they just seem like such pure spirits to me. Yeah. Uh, Rush, yeah. you know how could they how could they do what they've done without being that yeah. you know and and so they're they're these type of guys and so they're they're kind of seeing the beauty and everything. It's so funny. I have these conversations sometimes with you know different essays and different whatevers um and i have a couple students who are super positive and just these beautiful spirits and they will always turn this harshly negative thing and they'll go well we could look at it this way (laughs) and i feel like that's what neil parrot did 
Yeah. Because he's the primary lyricist. He's the drummer. Right. This this fucking incredible influence. I, you know, and and he recently passed a couple months ago. And and, and I, um, I I think I picked this album before he died. You did, yeah, you did. Um, and this this is I think a beautiful homage, and the whole sort of history that surrounds this see this record um really speaks to to who rush is and to who neil peart is as well yeah. because I, I i i to to lose your wife and daughters and continue to carry on and write these just beautiful sort of songs and and continually just give the finger to to what could make you money what could make you popular what could do this and that and you're just saying no i'm gonna do what's in my heart like i can't help but think that no he's not supporting ayn rand but he's he's just seeing the beauty that that could be distilled from what she's trying to put out there um i i I don't know if you can create the type of music that that band created without that mindset that it's like endless possibility that they can do what they want because it's there not because there are rules um and and on top of that it's just like Getty Lee had milk and honey before each set when other bands were like shooting heroin. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just to me, it's and it might be a stereotype as an American. It just seems like so Canadian, like just this purity (laughs) and this and this beauty and and, and this this innocence almost. Right. You know. And um, uh, we might be sensationalizing in Canada because our shithole is so bad right now. <laughs> right. I've been watching Letter Kenny. You know, <laughs> I can't help it. Right. Um, we we haven't. Daniel, what do you got? What do you think of uh, Rush and Twenty One Twelve? I think uh, Tom Sawyer is a really good song. It's not on this Fuck album, off. Daniel. It's not on the album. <laughs> oh, I oh I know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is the first time I've ever listened to Twenty One Twelve somehow. Right? And, yeah, that is that is interesting. And I, I'm on board. I'm going to keep listening to it. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I, I is it because I, of the classical music intertwining? I, I, I don't know, man. It just, um, it seemed to be like everything that could be good about Rush, because I, I don't know a lot of Rush music, and the Rush that I do know is that kind of cheesy over the top um i guess the radio plays that's 80s rush baby yeah and this certainly had some over the top moments you know there's a couple times where i was listening i was just like jesus christ you know but (laughs) how'd they get away with that (laughs) yeah um because they did all this other shit that's why yeah no but i was I, i really liked it because it it seemed a little bit more uh pure and i didn't know so thank you for educating me that this was their first kind of step into that direction at least um album wise so i I feel like that you know it's like how a band like you know their first album is usually like their best one sure yeah so this is nothing left to lose this is actually like two distinct albums too like you have the progressive side a and then the rock and roll side b and the rock and roll side B is is not good. <laughs> yeah, it really isn't great. I mean, I was and that's the thing, like I always like to pick out like a tune and, and, and be like, Yeah, this is just because we have such limited time to talk about a fucking full album, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um 
and 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 but really the thing is track one side a I mean, that, that's that that is no. what that's yeah it. that's the album that's just put that, that is out. the album yep. yeah you know give me that 20 minutes man sit back and relax um, and enjoy that ride baby that was that, <laughs> that was superior i'll give you that yeah it, it had but that certain i don't i don't i don't even know what 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 to call it but the, the spirit of radio them, <laughs> of, um, <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah. Was that right. a was that a rush joke that only you guys? <laughs> yeah, got? That's their biggest radio hit. <laughs> What's it called? Spirit, Spirit of Radio. Of radio. <laughs> How's that go? Oh, oh like, I'm not gonna sing you Spirit of Radio. Finish your thought. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, that's that's not Tom Sawyer. Oh my God, Jesus Christ! <laughs> he was setting us up the whole time. Because that sounded exactly like he was Tom just, Sawyer. He was, a, he was puppeteering the Knicks right there. Is what he was fucking doing. <laughs> Playing us like um, fools. Son of a bitch. How how, how does it go? <laughs> so <laughs> finish your fucking thought. The spirit of these young um, communists uh, <laughs> really came through. <laughs> Do you know? That it was like their version of Born to Run, but it was like <laughs> Born to Fuck You Guy. I, dude, I gotta say, it it is. I so that was I was telling Nick earlier, like that was the part I always knew that this was like their make or break album. This was their you know back is against the wall, fucking do or die, and we're choosing to go the way that is probably destined to fail. Um, and they do it and they fucking succeed. I've always known that. I I did not realize all the Ayn Rand shit. That's why I was talking about it so much earlier. Like I did not realize that that was such a prevalent thing. And this is based on a short story that, um, that Neil Peart wrote. Right. Um, and, and, and all that, like, dude, I, I've, I've used the dude's sticks, the Neil Peart signature pro marks for years. <laughs> and I always knew that he was the primary lyricist. I did not realize how much he like, uh, uh, you know, dabbled in literature. You know that how, how much writing he's done. He he has well, I had no idea. Two or three memoirs about his cross country um, motorcycle rides after the death of his uh, wife and daughter. Yeah. So and that's the big thing. Like this this is a dude. Like many people would have hung it up. Mm-hmm. You know, and he did for a while. We talked. Yeah, and and but but like what he didn't he didn't wallow. Like he he fucking did this this thing where he, he went across the country and, and you know rode his his motorcycle uh from one end to the other and i think you know me and daniel were talking about it on the uh sound garden cast like chris cornello is for me was that guy who who was was just this beacon that music could could save you like you can be in this place and you can exist there but but music can be your way to 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 stay with the rest of us you know and right. stay here um, and unfortunately, it didn't it didn't work out that way in the end for him. But like Neil, it it did, dude. Like I watch videos where he's fucking doing drum offs with Gene Krupa. <laughs> like he's been drumming forever, dude. Like he's wearing fucking polished ass, uh, uh, brown fucking hard soled shoes and slacks and like a a, a tiny ass tie in the in the in the fucking 60s and 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 doing drum offs with fucking um fucking gene krupa and shit man and he's doing match grip you guys are you're brushing over probably one of the most important things you, you brought up 
you pronounced his name two different ways, Pert or Pierre. Because I, I don't know what it is. Okay. I don't know what it is, I so I just know. fluctuate. I've always said Pert. Probably Pert. Pert. Because um, he's Canadian? Is he French-Canadian? I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. Let me find out. Give me a goddamn minute. Um, oh, it's, it's all yours. I'll tell you what. If if we if we think about Rush, let's just look at it this what way. What a cool fucking band name, too, by the way. Absolutely. <laughs> um, have uh, have you guys ever seen them? No, never. Ooh, and that I got is, very that's one of my, uh, my my I mean, it's a it's a regret. It's not like a huge regret, but in terms of things that i have kate been able to see not seeing rush is gonna hang over me for the rest of my life i'll tell you what even when i used his sticks i wasn't the huge like i wasn't like a rush fan i was like oh this is cool dude's a great drummer and and that's kind of where i left it and i got to see him um in the early 2000s on the vapor trails tour hell yeah vapor trails is a great album dude one little victory a listener Dear listener, Mr. Eric Weingarten, check out One Little Victory. That fucking drum part that starts that song, like literally I've had two moments where I've been like, the drums are the fucking greatest thing ever. The first was when I heard Immigrant Song for the first time. The second one was when I heard One Little Victory. And so I saw them and that was the the, uh, tour where they had all the washing machines as their amps like real working washing machines that were spinning <laughs> they were their amps. Um, and I walked away again, wasn't a fan. Getty Lee's voice annoyed me at that point. I just thought the drums were great. And I, I turned to my buddy and I said, they're the greatest living musicians. Yeah. They are the best musicians that are alive right now. And I wasn't even I like I wasn't kidding. I wasn't drunk. There was nothing in my system. Like I had watched that show. I had seen they are so fucking good. Mm-hmm. They can all do whatever they you ever see somebody who can do like Prince, right? He can do whatever he, he could do whatever he wanted with his instrument. Hendrix yeah. could do whatever he what he could make any sound come. There was no limitations whatsoever. Rush is that but just threefold. And you know what's interesting? Like, I think everybody forgets about Alex Lifeson and how fucking good at guitar dude, he is. Do you, it's it's one of those. It's bizarre to watch them play and Getty singing and playing at the yeah. same time. So that's where your eyes go every time because yeah. it's 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 fucking maniacal that he can fucking pull that off. It's pure magic. It's dude to watch what his hands are doing to be a musician, and and to watch this. I think that's what it is. Is is like having played for a few years and then watch that. It was. It was just. Uh, I, I. I actually can't describe it. It was. It was so fucking crazy because it, it. It could have crushed me entirely if I'd let it. <laughs> Be like, why would you even bother to play anymore? Right. Because this right. exists. You know what I mean? Yep. They're so fucking good. I know. I always talk about. Have you seen them live? Well, I watch them live. I always judge a band by how they're live. Fucking rush. Were the greatest living musicians. That while was a they good. Were alive. That was a good Nick impersonation. <laughs> That's how I sound. I know. <laughs> I listen, man. If the quarantine's taught me anything, it's to accept who I am, <laughs> and that's exactly how I sound. I understand. Um, 
you guys mentioned Alex Lifeson and uh, guitar players know who he is. He was he's not overlooked in the guitar player orbits. Well, general yeah. Rush fans don't even know his name. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you're general, not wrong. General Rush weird. fans don't know how to pronounce Neil's last name. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what, Daniel? He's Fuck not you, wrong. sir. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I found a Getty Lee clip. It's seven seconds long on YouTube of him telling us how to pronounce uh, the name. So let's let's. Listen. Oh, let's Daniel. This is why go. I love you. Here with a P in front of it and a T at the end. Peart. I think so, that's what I said first, yeah, right? I think it is. Peart. Peart. Yeah. You said, you said Peart. Like Peter? Peart-er. Peart-er. Yeah, that's what you said. But it's so, yeah, Peart. so Getty Lee, he said it's ear with a P at the front and a T at the end. Peart. 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 All right. Good stuff. Hey. Do you know why if, Getty if, is if, called Getty? No. Because his name it. is actually Gary and his Polish mother could not pronounce it properly. So it's <laughs> Getty. How do you get, I don't know, I'm not going to judge. Maybe, I don't know how the, the Polish tongue lands on a, Getty. you know, an R. Getty. Don't you don't you don't dare. you dare. I, I think don't that story you. is just so wonderful. That's hilarious. Your mom can't say your fucking name. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you name him that? It's your choice. You could have done anything. Well, I guess yeah. she couldn't she couldn't pronounce the uh, the American or Canadian uh, pronunciation. That's really funny too. Yeah, I, I know a few Poles who are named Gary. Getty. And I want <laughs> right, yeah. I wonder if that's the oh, way it goes. Oh, Getty. Oh, that, I don't even know um, what that was. That was uh, Alex. That was, that was Obi Wan Kenobi. Christ, man. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, yeah. So uh, we've already said there's there's references to the 1812 overture in this by uh, Tchaikovsky, and, mm-hmm. and there's 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 a lot. I mean, there's fucking biblical shit in this. Like, there's Book of Psalms and whatnot. Like, um, there's there's a lot there's a lot happening here, and then. And then you get to side two, and there's you know influences from uh, 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 the Twilight Zone and 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 all this and and fucking weed, <laughs> Passage of Bangkok, you know, like so. There, there's a lot. Fucking there's weed. a lot happening. Weed. weed. <laughs> that wasn't meant to be negative either. No, anything's <laughs> getting us through the pandemic. Let's be honest. Um, but the uh, the the fact is is that. These are dudes who went for broke at a time when they could have played it safe. And one of the things that always sticks in my head from when I was a young dude, uh, you know, playing playing shows and stuff, was somebody said to me, "With uh, great risk comes great reward," right? And and it was they were meant to they were trying to tell me continue was... to play the way that you're playing. So like I was told that I should change my style at one point when I was very young in a band with older people. They were like, be more pop punk because that's popular right now. This is the last gasp of the major labels. I mean, it was pretty prophetic. They would just give me all this information. And and, and somebody else said, you know, just with great risk comes great reward. Yeah, my uncle Ben told me that too. Right. That's responsibility, but nice try. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking (laughs) Spider-Man. Fuck off. (laughs) <laughs> like Use I wasn't going to catch Luke. it Use like the force, Luke <laughs> Ooh, That was good, that was good dude you. That was your best one I can do an, yeah. a good Alec Guinness yeah, G- that was g- g- Give it to me again Use the force, Luke 
That was good. Oh, man. These aren't the droids you were looking for. <laughs> I am pleased. Um, <laughs> Lightsaber is the Jedi's case. greatest weapon. <laughs> now I'm sounding like Stewie. Brian, yeah. <laughs> Brian, whatever happened to Gina Davis? <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I, to, to link them, I'll say this. Uh, we, we've got a lot. There's like eight different things that, that Rush was a fan of that they threw into 2112. And this was they they and not to you know be totally uh, uh, fucking lame, but like th- this was presumably their swan song, right? And I say that because that's yeah. Zeppelin's label, right? But um, but but they thought that this might be that, and 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 they you know they they went for it, and and I fucking applaud them, and they they won, man, they fucking won, sure and did. and good on them because they are so deserving. To see them live was like uh, I don't even. I really don't know how to categorize it. It changed the whole way that I saw playing live music and also like what it meant to be a professional musician. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a hell of a takeaway. That's good. Yeah. Uh, it, and that was that. And it was really funny because um, I had wrecked my car. I was driving somebody else's and I was fucking whipping around this turn. And my buddy and I, my buddy and I who went to go see them, um, <laughs> We had we had convinced his mother to let me drive her car to the concert, and not that I had any kind of reputation, but like it was it was she was very hesitant, and she caught me whipping this other person's car around the curve of the graveyard by her house, and she said no for a week, and I had to go to her house and beg and plead. Promise I wouldn't drink. Promise I wouldn't smoke. Pro- Meanwhile, I'm like 18 years old, and she was like, she was like, I'm not gonna, I cannot do it. And I was like, I just want to see Rush. <laughs> and she finally let me. The day of, wow. she gave us the okay that we could take her car, and I drove us down. I didn't imbibe at all. I had nothing except for like potato chips. In fact, a dude came over and said, "I'll give you a case of beer for your for fucking two bags of potato chips." <laughs> And we said no. Oh my we god! Said, we said no. I remember that. I remember it distinctly. Fucking me and my buddy Zach Needles. And then we watched the whole show, and I was like, Jesus! To see that fucking sober and lucid is amazing. Um, that's my that's my takeaway on Rush. They also had a sense of humor about themselves. Like they knew they were playing prog music. They knew it. It's it's you know masturbatory by nature. Um, they knew who their fans were too. <laughs> and like. They have a song called Malignant Narcissism, and it's basically a three-and-a-half-minute-long bass solo. Right. Like, that's really <laughs> funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, that's good shit. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, it was a good pick. I'm happy for this one. It uh, showed me a side of a thing. So both of your picks showed me a side of a thing that I wasn't aware of, and at least with Rush, it's a thing that I'm, like, I'm glad for. Well, good. That's really good to hear. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you're batting 500, brother. Look at me. Look at you. Look at me. Look at you. Just look at you. Yeah. I've struck out all season, all year. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can. We'll, Have see, you? we'll see how the Master of Margarita goes in July. I like that book. I read that 15 years ago, maybe. Um, Let's jump into the... We'll see. Sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, let's jump into the beer, brother. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, this is this is uh, this is Gregorio. What do you got, man? So we're gonna do. Um, I think I'm gonna do the light speed double dry hop, right? 
Okay. Um, pew, pew. Really wanted to see the syringe, but, you know, break my heart again. <laughs> I'll, I'll, bring a, I'll bring a can to you and leave it on your step. Um, Tight. <laughs> um, so this is um, it's from Toppling Goliath Brewery. They're from Iowa. And according to uh, Untapped, they have um, one of the top five highest rated, rated beers in the world. Um, Holy shit. Yeah, what is it? I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't think it's. All right, I'll dig in. I'll dig in. Yeah. Um, top five, top ten. Anyway, I came to know Toppling Goliath because my buddy got me a four pack of their um, their pseudo Sue IPA called King Sue. Um, and there's so many Sues, dude. And King Sue is a fucking magnificent beer. Um, it's just like real thick and resiny and it's got a little funk to it but it's also got fruit um and the this light speed pale ale almost tastes like a session of king sue even though there is a, ca- a session of king sue called pseudo no kidding yeah. um i love this beer um and i picked it because it's it it literally has the the, the star wars typeface on the can so <laughs> open that guy up um, All right, so I'm going to just, while you're drinking it and giving it a taste, um, three toppling Goliath brews were listed as uh, best beers in the world. Bam! Uh, the, the Assassin, Kentucky Brunch, and Morning Delight. Wow. Kentucky Brunch is going for 900 bucks. <laughs> Jesus. That's crazy. Yeah, That's and, crazy. And, and 22-ounce bottles of uh, their SR71 have sold for more than a grand. You know what? I like beer. I'm not going to spend $1,000 for one beer. Dude, I'll tell you what, man. Um, you got to become some kind uh, of sicko. Jared Ruddick, man, he, he, he you know, has all these beers. He's a whole fucking thing of beers. There's a whole world. Speaking of worlds that we're unaware of, this there's a whole world of trading beers and, and, and you know, uh, anywhere from 500 to $5,000 beers just, 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 you know, trading them for this and that. Um I mean, the dude once took a flight to like Minnesota to trade up some beers, where the t- cost of the ticket like paled in comparison to what he would make on trading those beers. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. It's it's wild. It's a different world. What's that beer like, man? It, so it's it's it has it's sweeter. It's so the hop the hop the dry hopping I find lets the hops fall into the background a bit. It's not bitter. Right. It is. It has like the, the the a fruitier note to it, but it's still got some really good dank funk to it. Um, nice, but just not as much as like it, it tastes more like a. It's not a crushable beer by any stretch of the imagination, but it tastes. What's ABV? Is it coating your tongue? It it is not as much as other others of this style. Um, the let me look up the ABV at the moment, but. Um, it, it's it's excellent, and if you're looking for a really nice, but also very crafty, light IPA, this is what you're gonna get. Um, like sessions are typically a little bitter; they got that IPA flavor, but this is like that hazy session IPA, even though it's not technically a session. <laughs> got you. Nice. That's a good description, man. I um, yeah, I. So for anybody that that isn't aware, dry hopping is where you um, will have 
done your first fermentation. Uh, and then in that second fermentation, you throw hops into the the brew and and let it sit in, in the brew during the time where it's uh, continuing uh, to ferment. This is a six point two ABV. Literally just for flavor. Yeah. Yeah. So so if you have hops that are from let's say California, right? We have all these tropical fruit trees, yep. lemon trees, citrus trees, and different things like that. That's gonna find its way into the hop. And while when the hop is is broken down, you'll be getting more of the the uh, sort of like bitter essence of it. When you dry hop it and you just have them sitting in there, whether they be pellets or the actual whole hop, um, it's you're going to be getting more of the lighter citrus notes yep. um, that that come through, and that's 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 what dry hopping is. And you're definitely getting that citrus. You know what I mean? And like when I when I think of like hop forward, um, I think of. That's usually not from a dry hop. Right. That is not at all. Um, yeah. Like, I, I That's think. That's where you're in the heat with the hops. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and when people say, like, oh, or ask is, is like a craft beer hoppy, I tend to think, like, they tend not to be, um, especially the styles that are popular today. Like, they're obviously IPAs. The hop is very present, but it's not like you're drinking a 60 minute um, from Dogfish right. Head. Like, Dogfish that Head was, is just bitterness. And it's interesting to have lived through that sort of like phase of craft beer drinking. Um, and I, I know, Daniel, you could probably speak to this. Like we have gone through a few phases of craft beer drinking because because we've almost exclusively been drinking craft beers on this cast, you know. And, and it is a really interesting thing to think about. Like there was a period where ipas took over the india pale ales and they were called that because they had to really hop and up the alcohol content of beer to make sure that it made the journey you know mm -hmm. from india uh and and across the ocean and and what we're seeing is is with these milkshakes and and these sessions and these things you're actually Hazies. going wait yeah the, the the hop has has way more flavor it's yep. a flower you know and, and and if you open it up you're, you're, you're getting these this nuance of flavor that doesn't have to just be this cutting high alcohol fuck you up kind of situation, you know, um, and, and it's 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 pretty interesting because we're kind of seeing it also, you know, a, a hop isn't that far away from like weed frankly and and when you think about it like we're also seeing that there was a period of time that we lived through where everybody was going for the fucking crystals and the the highest thc in in their fucking weed and now we're going wait what strain actually is is going to do me right in this way and that mm -hmm. um and it seems to to be mirrored in the um in the craft beer game as well so my thoughts on that is you know when something's popular People need to, um, I guess, create an identity around it. And, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And I think that part of the uh, douchebaggery of that has. <laughs> uh, You're not wrong, sir. Transitioned into an over sciencing of of brewing beer and. Um, uh, I guess cultivating different strains of, of uh, marijuana and I'm for it. You know, I think that's fine. You know, it's right. Uh, the more, you know, kind of, yeah. Um, what I'm not for is, is 
there's almost like a new snobbery about right. Yeah. And we've been talking about that. That actually really does, you know, kind of blend well with the rest of the conversation. Yeah, it's a different snobbery. Like when I was getting into craft beer in I guess we'll call it, you know, wave two, you know, early two thousands. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the eighties, okay. Well that's that's I'd say that's like wave <laughs> one, you know. Cause he's old. Cause he's older than us. <laughs> oh I oh oh I get it. You guys Carry on. Carry <laughs> oh, come on. Okay, you guys. Okay. Yeah, dude, right. okay. You set that shit up. Come okay. on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, I feel like the old beer snob would kind of belittle you for drinking a, um, a, a, a macro. Right. And like a Budweiser. Fucking, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Insert your beer and, here, yeah. And now the newer type of beer snob isn't fine with just drinking, you know, like a dogfish head, which is, you know, by craft standards now, it's like, that is old news, you know? Right. It's like, oh, you drink a dogfish head. Sam Adams um, and shit, yeah. Now it's, you've got people, like, driving, you know, they, they'll pile into their car and drive up to Vermont <laughs> for... <laughs> Nick, do you, know any, do you know anyone like this, Nick? <laughs> Probably the same type of guy that likes Star Wars novels and really likes the <laughs> of extended universes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but I, I, don't, I don't get... I just um, like to feel like I'm a part of something, okay? I, I know. <laughs> I like I know. being in a group. Um, and I don't get the super douchebagginess from you, but there are yeah, people in that do that, that are doing right. it as a as a as a status. They, yeah, right. they wear it like a like a badge of honor. That and, is and like their identity. That is yeah. their right. that is their That's tattoo. That is their band T shirt. That is their, you know, yeah. the the books they hang on their shelf. You know, right? Yep. Like that's yep. their thing. And lording yeah. and lording it over anybody. Who cares to even whisper the word? I will have an IPA. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, um, yeah. It's becoming. It's it's and it's really emblematic of sort of everything. You know, uh, uh, artistic or or creative or anything that you could really form an identity around is 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 we've we've grown into these just just vast array of factions and there's so many different ones and there's a there there's a a leader for each and all i can think of when i think of 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 that is the fucking um uh goth industrial techno kids underneath the bridge fucking raven (laughs) (laughs) do you know what i mean and there's the one kid who's 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 got it all he's got He's 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 got the the furry boots with the fishnets with the colored dread hair with the neon glow with like he's the head of the whole the whole scene and I just think you know why would you ever like every it's so funny like every like there's always that head of it there's always that guy uh, that 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 aspires to be that um and and why you know what? I like to proverbially, proverbially dunk my proverbial balls into a lot of different things. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I love Star Wars. I also love Star Trek. I probably like Star Trek more. I like craft beer, but I also love a good fucking Coors Light. Um, sure. Like, I, I love comics. Do you think that the world's headed to that? The, the, this, uh, I don't, I don't want to say polymath, but like this, this sort of like... Um, 
disregarding of 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 being what the the dreaded under the bridge techno the goth troll well i i think people get off on knowing stuff and and like and and get off and like liking to like to talk about stuff like they're experts and i understand that impulse it's really it's there i think it's present in everything everybody wants to know what they're talking about said three guys doing a podcast yeah right (laughs) exactly um but i think I, I think there's a difference between a guy who likes to really get into a, a, a deep conversation of Star Wars canon um, with his buddy because it's fun. Right. I think there's a difference between that and the dude that will shame someone for not knowing that Obi-Wan there Kenobi was playing by Alec Guinness. And it's not Alex Guinness, go. it's Alec. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's a difference <laughs> yeah. between guys like us doing a podcast having opinions about shit that we like or don't like and then the dudes that just lord their shit over everyone and i agree i think it's that idea of rightness that there's mm-hmm. a singular correct way to be or to look at something or to righteousness feel or to see. right even yeah there's there is it's a righteousness there it it really does exist and and it's it's funny because it just goes back to that that sort of thing that has appeared in in a number of times that we've talked about shit is like this idea of a binary that there's meant to be like a right or wrong or something or you're 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 with it or you're not you know and it's 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 pretty interesting man i i i find that it's it's like why um i don't know do we do we see a time a, a star trekian time where where it sort of goes away you know, and 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 there is this ex- sort of like a, a acceptance of all, or are we consciously gonna, are we constantly gonna be in this this uh, cyclical need for righteousness? Yeah, uh, I'm. I don't know. It's the, the shame of it is people can't. Yeah, enormous question. That's probably rhetorical. No, I know, but like yeah. I, I like to think that way because like I love Star Trek because of the fact that it's about a group of people who decided to put their own bullshit aside while still being an individual, but doing their best for each other. You know what I mean? I, I love right, Star it's Trek. It's a socialist movie. utopia. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. Um, but <laughs> I, I read a, a Twitter, uh, what do you call it? A tweet? A tweet. Uh, thread? Vine. A thread? A thread, there it is. Where <laughs> holy shit <laughs> um where a that dude speaks was arguing volumes with, to the beer <laughs> a dude was arguing with james gunn who wrote and directed the guardians of the galaxy movies arguing with him that someone who only watches the star wars movies is not a star wars fan and fuck off and james gunn was like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> you could like one Star Trek Star Wars movie and be a Star Wars fan. Right. You could like a toy lightsaber and be a Star Wars fan. Like right. like the, the the factioning is and it's only getting worse, obviously. Yeah. I mean, the, literally people are protesting trying not to kill one another. <laughs> I'd rather take the risk, man. Yeah. Like Let uh, me tell you. and they're like these <laughs> the right-wing conservatives are like <laughs> my body my choice i'm like are you fucking kidding <laughs> are you kidding you're using that <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's just yeah like i i really and i've said this before on the on the show i i like a lot of stuff i have 
pretty strong opinions about a lot of stuff that I like because my goal is to like stuff. So even if there's a bad thing, well, stuff that makes you happy, right? Stuff that makes you uh, feel um, sort of like filled up. Right. And even if there's like a movie that sucks, I don't want to convince myself that I had a bad time. So I'll be like, eh, I was at a movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a fucking movie. I got out. That's more than I can say for the past fucking, I don't know, 28 months. Yeah. So, yeah, there, 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 there is that that whole and you know i agree there's 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 a lot to be said about perspective and things of that nature but it is it is funny because i think even if we were to listen back over the past four years and just all the the episodes that we've done it it would be i would argue probably really fascinating to see just how our sort of like staunchest on an idea or a concept or or a view has has changed yeah. or or you know um varied over time and I, I think this was a great ex has been a great experiment into like bringing together people that seemingly share so much but are in fact so vastly different yeah. um it's 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 kind of fascinating um i look forward to it every time because of that Maybe we should do a retrospective episode in which we pick our own favorite and talk about the differences in our personalities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to think like uh yeah, if we get to um if we get to a certain number or something like uh call we, that we, the we, call that the navel gaze cast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the 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 shoe gazing episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um final thoughts before we jump into the rating system. Uh my final thought is, is I feel like I've said quite a bit about it, so I'll just go. The thing that linked this all was um, fandom. I think this was a fandom episode, yeah. and, and, and being a fan of something and then making something because you're a fan of something else. And, and, and the fact is is that uh, you know there is no uh, – we're all urgently curious and, and inherently creative, and I don't think that there's any sort of like um, – uh, person who is without influence and 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 this this cast i think uh really sort of exemplifies that it was really good it was elegant yeah i subscribe to that i'm agreeing <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad i go first i'm in a grace <laughs> <laughs> get my yeah, participation that seems, points. Right. <laughs> that seems about right yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna do the two uh i'm gonna do the line underneath and just two quotation marks <laughs> empty in between, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Gregorio? Gregorio, what yeah. do you got? So uh, in terms of final thoughts, I should just say that, uh, that yeah, I, I think this, this episode is, is linked by the, the want to like things, the want to enjoy stuff, the, the pursuit of joy in, in the things that you like. Oh, nice. Um, and in in my opinion, we need joy. I, in my opinion, it's probably opinion of everybody, but we need more. We need joy more than ever at this present moment. Um, and take a chance on reading a Star Wars book. Listen to Rush. Drink a beer yeah. because the label's cool. Like, just go have fucking yeah. fun. Yeah. I agree. Joy I is actually, an act of resistance. Listen uh, to idols too. I want to change my thought. I agree with 
with you with Nick more than the first Nick. <laughs> 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 that was a better thought. <laughs> right. Well done. All right. Um I so how many sons does Tatooine have? Tatooine Three. has two sons. It has two, two sons. Tattoo one and tattoo two. So uh in honor of the double sons of Tatooine. Our rating system for this week will be Moons of Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> because it has 27 of them. <laughs> oh, he crushed it. So up and he just <laughs> knocked it right down. Did he did he come to, to, to the do the show with that ready or did he do it over the time? One wonders. <laughs> no, the, wonders. We, these, don't, we don't question greatness like that. It's all organic. So uh, the Novel, I give 19 out of 27 moons of Uranus. <laughs> the comic, I give a couple more. I give it 23 out of 27 moons of Uranus. Rush, uh, I might give it 25. Oh, nice. Out of 27. I liked it. It was good, man. I, awesome. I really am going to listen to it again. I know I didn't say a lot about it, but um, I dug that. Hell yeah. Nice. And the beard, judging by the look on your face, um, I mean Red and sweaty. <laughs> yeah, look look at that. Look at that face. That's like a that's like a well, bab, you're, you're, that's like you're a lobot, man. You know butt. all the odds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll you're, defer you're to you. In. Okay. I'll Am I am I doing it now, I guess? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not ra- I'm not rating your beer. I did not taste it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna give this beer uh, a twenty four out of 27 moons of Uranus. That beer is Goliath, nice. uh, toppling Goliath's double dry hop light speed pale ale. I'm going to give Alphabet Squadron, and this is uh, compared to other Star Wars novels, nothing much else, uh, a 25 out of 27 moons of Uranus. Wow, the other ones must really suck. Not This yeah, one just spoke was, to me high. for some reason. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, this one definitely moved you, it seems. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to give TIE Fighter a 10 out of 27 wow. moons of Uranus. Um, yeah, it, it was a clunker. It was a clunker for me. See, I, I think I think the reason I rated it higher is because it, it mentioned the thing that I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say, I, I was going to give um, TIE Fighter a, a, a 20 out of 27 moons of Uranus. I was going to give Alphabet Squadron a 17 out of 27 moons of Uranus. Uh, and I'm going to I was going to I was going to co-sign whatever Gregorio said for the beer. Hell yeah. Drunker than hell and sweaty. Oh, <laughs> yeah. nice. Hell of sweaty, brother. He's, he's like yeah. he's like sitting under one light bulb. Look, where is he? <laughs> You're in a bit of shadow too, my friend. I feel like I had to uh, move halfway through. Pretty well lit. I can see the trees moving behind him in this this vicious fucking windstorm (laughs) we've got going on. I had to Uh, I had to move halfway through the show because my computer almost ran out of power. (laughs) I saw that there was some urgency on your face. Oh man, I was like, oh god, I have seconds left. (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) It was all dashed, all for naught. Like our uh, C. See Christmas episode one. Yeah, that was the third episode ever. Third, yeah, third yeah. episode. Episode three. Jesus Christ. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I really like the idea of the retrospective. It was it was fantastic to see you, gents. It sure was. Yes, this sir. was a treat. Yes, it was it's nice. Absolute treat. Uh thank you, Nick, for, for your for your picks. I'm glad you enjoyed them, uh in, in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> I was glad to to have engaged with yeah, with something something different. And uh, you know, um I uh I I, I can't wait to do it again. Many. Miss you, cats. Looking we'll forward to it in a few weeks. Yeah, buddy. Hit, yeah. It, hit us with them socials. So, thanks so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Don't so, forget to check sure. us out on the social medias. We're on Facebook.com slash Book Record Beer Podcast. We're on Twitter at Book Record Beer. Uh, and we are on Instagram at Book.Record.Beer. Um, we are on iTunes and SoundCloud and all those wonderful places where you can stream. Please make sure that you rate this episode highly because this is a pretty good one, in my opinion, because I picked it. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next month. Pew, 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 pew. Stay safe out there, pew. folks. Pew, pew. Gotcha. <laughs> Kaboom. <laughs>